Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Kai. I'm the Nerd of Strength, and this is the Nerd of Strength podcast. Still a working title right now, but I have a special guest today. This is Will, and he has a YouTube page called Will Development. And from there, I will let him introduce himself. Yes, hello everybody. I am absolutely elated to be here. I am Will from Will Development. It is a YouTube channel slash company, if you want to call it that, that I started maybe, boy, actually, it's been a while now. It's probably been about six years I've, I've actually had that working name. I am a stonemaker here in Florida. That's my main claim to fame here in Florida, other than my YouTube channel. And I am also a novice going into open class strongman competitor here in the state of Florida. I think that's all there is about me right now. <laughs> yes. So before we actually started recording, uh, tell us about how you make stones for pros and also local strongmen. Right. Yeah, I was uh, I was mentioning we were talking about some of the pros and how probably 99 percent of the pro strongman athletes, they're absolute sweethearts. And uh, Anthony Furman, who is uh, now going on to crazy good fame. I mean, he's done he did that thing with The Rock. Yeah. Uh, that show they had the Titan Games. That's what it was called. He's won the world championship at 231, and now he's hanging out with Brian Shaw and training with him. But I actually knew him back when he was here in Florida. He lived near Tampa area, and I actually made stones for him. And then there was um, another strongman competitor. He's not as well known, and it's honestly, it probably is just because he's in a lighter weight class. He's a 175 competitor, Richie Stout, former world champion, and I've made stones for him too. And just today, I had a pickup from a Masters competitor, Chris. Absolute sweetheart, nicest guy, and, and and that's what I love the most about making them. Actually, is getting to meet all the new, new competitors, old competitors, you name it, and then just really meeting the whole community. Yeah, that sounds super awesome. So, what got you into making Atlas stones? Um, honestly, it was uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Elliot Hulse. Uh, no. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, he did a uh, training back in the day on YouTube. Yes, he started a gym called Strength Camp, and he is actually based here in uh, St. Petersburg, which is near Tampa. And probably around 2012, I started discovering his videos, and I saw him lifting this Atlas stone. I didn't even know what the thing was called. I knew nothing about Strongman. I had seen maybe one or two videos of Worlds once or twice, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, and thought it was cool, but I didn't know any more about it. And I saw Elliot lifting these gigantic stones and i just thought it was the coolest thing on earth i gotta get in on that nobody was selling them in florida and i said well nobody's selling them how do i make it and down the rabbit hole here we are seven years later and i'm the best one in florida that's awesome and i see you're wearing a slater's hardware t-shirt and we talked a bit about that when we were uh, down in florida yes so did yes, you get um, the mold from him Yes, Steve Slater, I mean, he's an OG in the strength game. People don't give him enough credit. I feel like he's one of the background dudes. It's kind of what I want to be later on, like where people don't really talk about me, but everybody knows. Yeah. And he does most of the natural logs that you see, they're his. Stones, he made them. He makes the molds and sells them. And when I bought, I have the whole set. I actually just found out he came with a 24-inch stone mold, mm -hmm. which is like a 580-pound stone. So I got to get one of those. It's like but, the one Brian Shaw lifted up for the world record, I think. Exactly. So I have eight all the way to 22 in two-inch increments, which at the time was the full set. 
And when I ordered the 22 inch was the only one I was missing. He sent me this shirt with a handwritten note and I, I thought it was the coolest thing. And, uh, then I got to meet him and he was just the nicest guy. That is super awesome. Yes. Slater definitely makes a lot of like really nice strongman equipment. Like the branding on the log is just amazing. If I had the money, you know, had a, a home gym, I would definitely like get Slater's stuff because it's definitely the quality is there. And I think training with a natural log too is, uh, is better training because I think a lot of strongmen are sort of, as the sport evolves, it seems that things are getting more standardized mm-hmm. with guys like uh, Mike Bartos stepping in and sort of essentially outfitting entire competitions with just his yeah. And the equipment's good. I'm not going to say it's not good. But... Strongman to me is being strong no matter what. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it doesn't matter if it's a little unbalanced to one side or, you know, it's not perfectly round. It's like, no, yeah. you, you're strong. You pick the thing up and you do it. And I think a natural log is is a great expression of that because no matter what you do, the damn thing's never going to be balanced. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're definitely right about that. Like, uh, at my gym, we have like, you know, we have the Titan logs and we have a metal log. He does, uh, my gym owner does have a wood log. I never done it. I went to a contest and they had like, you know, all the equipment, you say it's standardized, but like some of it doesn't weigh the same, even though they say it does. And they had a natural log and that thing humbled me so quickly. Like I, I tried and I took it to the face and it's like, yes, it's, it's a whole different beast. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, like you said, Steve, I, I feel that Mr. Slater, he, I think he does the absolute best equipment out there in terms of uh, sort of keeping the, the humbleness of the beginnings of the sport, you know? Mm-hmm. If Bartos is the evolution, you know, the stone of steel and the loadable plate-loadable dumbbells, if yeah. that's the next step, I think Steve is the traditionalist in keeping with, like, natural logs, natural stones. I think he's the best at that. Yes, and he, and he works with Rogue, or he's, is, yeah. he, is he close in Florida, or is he in uh, Ohio, if, if you know? He lives in Ohio, yeah, I talked okay. to him about that. He was, he was actually kind of jealous. He said he wished he could have stayed a little longer to get some fishing in while he was down here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's out of Columbus, or somewhere near Columbus. He has a whole little store up there. I have to say little. It's a gigantic hardware store out there, but it's just... To him, it's just another part of his store. You know, he loves the sport, but it's just like he just started it because somebody asked him to do it, you know, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, in certain countries, they have different ones. Like, Australia has, like, Standard Submit, who makes their stuff. You know, we mm-hmm. got the Bartos. We have Mouser, who does, like, the power blocks. Yeah, But Mouser. you're right. He's definitely, like, the, like the you know, the, the godfather of, like, here's what Strongman. Strongman looks cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it just... Go ask anybody on the street if they know what Strongman is. I think I was talking to Chris about that this morning. I said, I think we forget because we're so involved in it. There's really only like 20 of us. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of us out there. And if you just walk out and you say, hey, you ever heard of Strongman? The first thing they're ever going to mention is, oh, do you mean the big guys that lift the stones? That's all I know. So it's like that's kind of part of the reason why I continued to make them even after I went almost a year without anybody needing any. I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to stick to my guns, keep doing it. And it's like, because this is what people recognize. They know this, you know. And I like that. I think that's how it should be. I think uh, traditionally you had the manhood stones. It was, you know, the same story. You pick this up, you're a man. You don't, you're not. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. I think that's cool. So one other question. Do you, like, make them to order or do you just have, you know, just keep making them and 
help people sell them or I'm sure you use them, of course, or you have your own set. Yeah, we have, um, I have tons I've made for the gym. I say tons, probably like eight or nine that I've made for the gym or in the process of making them, I learned a lot. I have four stones in my backyard right now that I've kept over the course of the six years or so I've been doing it that are just God awful. I have a big dinosaur egg one. I have Mm -hmm. one that just looks like gravelly. And then I have the first one I ever made. And uh, I'm not giving any of those up because um, part of it is keeping it to remind me, like, remember how this one got screwed up? Don't do that again, you know? And then the other part of it is to show how much better I've gotten at it to myself. Like, you know, this, this was try one, this is try 75, but I definitely don't keep inventory because number one, it would be impossible to know what people want. There's standard sizes, standard weights, I mean, like 18 inch weighs, 225 to 229 pounds, depending on myriad of factors, but let's just call it 225, right? The odds of everybody wanting that exact size, that exact weight, super low. A lot of times I get people wanting a 260 or a 285 or a 300, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of ways you could do that, which, I mean, if you want to go to stonemaking, we can talk about that a little bit. I don't know how deep dive you want me to go. I think it's interesting. You know, somebody also might find it interesting. So we could, yeah. (laughs) Sure, okay. I'll I'll try to keep it brief as I can. But basically, you've got two ways you could make a stone heavier. Mm -hmm. We'll put that in quotes, right? You can take a big stone and make it weigh less. So take a 20-inch that normally weighs 315 and make it weigh 260. Or you can take a smaller stone and make it weigh more. This sounds duh, but you got two different ways to do that. Yeah. You could take lead and put it in the smaller stone to make it weigh more. I don't recommend that method. Yeah, I'm going to say, have you done that? I've seen people talk about the lead shots, and yes. everybody seems to hate it for the most part. Yeah, I, I have. So I have done that before. I did it for... Somebody out of strength camp, actually, not Elliot, but actually for the gym. Um, and I don't recommend that method. And the only reason is because, and I try to talk people that want them out of it, because lead costs $2 a pound. Mm-hmm. So if you want to add 50 pounds to a stone, you're adding an extra $100 of cost to yep. it. And I always tell people, I'm like, look, if there was any other way I could do it, I would do it that way. You can't use steel because steel rusts. Yeah. And in case you didn't know, concrete's mixed with water, so... That's usually not a great idea. It's going to cause stress fractures. It can break. So I always recommend let's go bigger and let's make it lighter. And then there's two methods to do that. The most common method is basically taking a ball of foam and you drill a hole and you tie it to the bottom and then you just pour around it. And basically the foam is occupying space inside the stone, making it lighter. I actually never thought of that. Well, Steve Slater's pretty famous for that. Do you follow Alan Thrall at all? Yes, I do, yeah. He was like the first person I watched. Yeah, Yeah. if you saw in his stories, he just put up, um, he just made a 440 stone that weighed 400. And he did it with that method by tying a ball to it. I, you know, I sent him a message, actually. I don't want to be that guy who's like, hey, uh, there's a better way to do this, bro. You know, Uh the internet guy telling you how to do stuff. So I always approach from a place of uh, humbleness as best I can. Like, hey, I have you ever tried using Maximizer? Yeah. He never actually responded to my my message, but that's, that's fine. I mean, he's a busy guy. I, it doesn't bother me any. But Brian Alsru, whom I'm... Uh, have you ever heard of him, Brian Alsru? Yeah, untamed, uh, not untamed strength, but yeah. Never seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
absolute sweetheart. I hit him up years ago because he was doing uh, he was doing the same thing. He was trying to make a 380 stone wave 400. And I did all this math for him and said, hey, this is how much lead you would actually need to make this happen. Yeah, because he was the first person I saw use lead shot. And I was just like, yeah. ooh, I wouldn't want to, to, to mess with that. It's, it's challenging to work with, and it's super expensive, and it sucks because if you screw it up, you got to either bust up the stone or you're stuck with a stone that just doesn't weigh what you wanted. Yep. And, uh, you know, people, people talk about lead like it's a, you know, it's junk metal. And it, it, to be honest, it kind of is. But it's still expensive. Yeah. You know? So the way I lighten a stone is by using a mixture of what's called, it's a brand name by Sacred called Maximizer. And basically what it is, is it covers 60 to 70% more area per weight. Okay. So the idea is that why you would use it in an industry is let's say you're pouring a second, second story in a house, rather than having that second story weigh, you know, let's just say 5,000 pounds, it's going to weigh... 70% of that. So it'll weigh 3,000, you know, or yeah. so on and so forth. The way we can use that in stones, though, is by mixing it with a normal mixture of concrete, which is usually 5,000 PSI. That's the lowest I recommend people go. Mixing that together with the maximizer will then allow you to manipulate the weight of the stone to basically whatever you want. I mean, if you just poured, say, a 315-pound stone, which is a 20-inch stone with just maximizer it would actually come out weighing about 160 pounds. Oh, wow. That, that's, and how did you like even figure that out? Because like, that's a lot of math. I've never been good at math. I'm like, geez, I would just like, all right, pour it until it's, you know, I'm supposed to and yeah. be done with it. So I actually got the idea off of, uh, I, it was back when I was kind of coming up with new ideas for new videos. And I, I sort of put that in the background because I, I, I'm busier and... I've never promoted my channel at all. It's always just been kind of a, if people come along, they come along and they stay. I'm more of a quality over quantity guy anyway. Yeah. If I get a thousand people subscribe and none of them really care, that does, that means nothing to me. But long yeah, story short, <laughs> yeah, I mean, long story short, I was trolling um, some message boards on, I think, Starting Strength back when he, I think he still has the blog up, but back when he had a blog. Mm -hmm. And I was just like looking at people talking about making atlas stones and somebody had asked the question like hey how do i lighten a stone and somebody said the you know foam ball method which i was aware of but i don't like that for a few reasons one it puts a void inside of your ball now you can make the argument that it's compressing around the ball so it's not actually a void and i'm like fine but you do have to damage your mold to do that these molds can yeah. be expensive you know the 20 inch one is is about 150 bucks yeah that rogue pricing. I, you know, I don't want to drill a hole in something that's 150 bucks and now it has a hole in it forever. That sucks, in my opinion. Yeah. But, so, you know, I'm, I'm just scrolling, I'm scrolling, and there's just this innocuous comment from some master's competitor who's just like, use Maximizer. And I'm like, what the hell is Maximizer? And everyone else said, what the hell is Maximizer? And he described it the same way I did. Basically, it takes up more space per weight. Yeah. And I said, wow, that's interesting. He gave no math. He just said, oh, well, if you want to lighten the stone by 40 pounds, you just put, you know, the weight you're planning on doing with regular concrete and then the other 40 pounds in it with the other one. And I was like, well, that doesn't really make sense because it still weighs something. Yeah. And so I, it out. I, got, I deep dove and started doing experiments and just spent literally years 
figuring out the exact ratios, how much this takes up, how much weight this is, and actually did come up with numbers. And then I'm terrible at math too. Um, I had a notebook about that thick, just filled with pages and pages of me writing out the math to figure out the certain weight per size of stone and the correct ratios. And I put it in one of my videos. I said, look, I am too stupid to figure out the formula for this, but if somebody out there wants to, please do it. Yeah. And one of my coworkers actually did. And he helped me make a spreadsheet where basically I've got it to the point now where I just enter the weight, enter the size. It tells me how much water I need, how much maximizer, how much 5,000 PSI concrete I need. Does all the math for me, but uh, I feel like I earned that since I spent literally years just going, oh, and just figuring it out. But but I've done a lot of work. That that's super cool that you did that because um like like I said, I would I would never think of that or you know, going on message boards. I know today with the millennials, nobody, you know, talks to anybody. But yeah, I right. would be that person who would troll the message board like, how do I do this? How how do I figure this out? So at least, at least the guy said, "Hey, use this thing." You yeah, know, that, well, it was just a jumping point. It was a totally innocuous comment because nobody else, because they were even just like, "What are you talking about?" And he just said, "You know, you just mix this much in and this much in." And I kept reading, and everybody was like, "Cool, thanks, bro." And I was like, "What else, though? That can't just be it." I need more. I need answers. Yeah, and so I just I ended up making the answers myself, and um, my my coworker, who's way smarter than I'll ever be, dude. He's that annoying type of smart, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, he was telling me, I remember one of our first conversations, he was telling me about a book he was reading on physics. And he said that, and I was like, this is fun for you. And he said, I didn't understand the math in it, so I bought a math textbook to learn the math to read the book. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was like, man, if I'm reading a book and I come across a word I don't know, I try to find it on tape, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm I'm just not that smart, but uh, I know things, so people think I'm smart. <laughs> right, I tell my mom always says, you have a bunch of useless knowledge about things nobody cares about. I'm like, you're right, I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 I own it, exactly, right? Like, I know that, you know, maximizers, you know, 0. 0.069 pounds per square inch, or cubic inch. Nobody cares, but I know it. Yeah. Exactly. You ever use the hybrid molds? Because I've seen those too, where they have like you know the the, the opening on the top. Yeah, and and yeah. for the most part, all the molds are made the same. There's even some no-name brands out there you can buy off like uh, eBay and stuff like that. I don't know the exact process. I also work in plastics, so okay. I know a bit about plastics, but I'm not sure the exact process Slater or any of these people use to make their molds. Generally speaking, I would assume it's sort of a thermo mold where basically they have a big sheet. And they heat it from the bottom and it just melts down into a mold. Yeah. That's how I would think they would do it. But God knows they might use blow molding. But Steve Slater cuts the same exact size hole on all of his molds. Um, roughly a three and a half inch opening. Hybrid molds have almost like a four and a half inch opening. Which sounds like a great idea. But you end up with this really big flat spot on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And if I can be candid, I think the hybrid molds are just cheap junk that nobody should buy ever. Um, because with Slater molds, it's a perfect sphere. You can tape around it, and you can make the mold really tight and closed, and you have a good seal. With the hybrid molds, you can't do that because they have lips on the side that you're supposed to uh, like zip tie together. Like hit with a chisel? 
no, that's the slated ones where you hit it with the chisel, right? And yeah, the hybrids have the zip toes. Yeah. yeah. I've seen videos where like they end up leaking out of the side because it's... zip ties aren't, you know, guaranteed to be right. as tight as you think they are. Right. And 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 that lip is gonna break eventually. You're gonna have a lot of problems with those. And Though Steve Slater uh, recommends using Gorilla Tape and putting essentially just four or six pieces of tape over his molds to keep them closed, I recommend to people, buy the cheapest tape you can buy from Harbor Freight or wherever, you know, cheapest duct tape you can buy, and just cover the entire mold in duct tape, because mm -hmm. then you know that the compression outward is being evenly distributed, you know that mold is never going to pop open unless you tell it to pop open by cutting it. And it protects the outside of your mold from concrete spills and things like that. I've learned a lot over the years, and that's yeah. that's what I recommend. But the hybrid molds, if you're going to go, try to go the cheaper route by going the hybrid molds, which is the only reason I can imagine somebody would go that route, just go to eBay and get the no-name brands from them. They work. They work. They'll get you a stone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hybrid molds, I just don't. I don't think they're that great. Plus, I mean, you know, Steve Slater's the best. Yeah, I, I was looking at like the uh, the hybrid mold ones when Rogue did like their Black Friday sale. All that stuff, in my opinion, is still overpriced. But there's people who buy it, so maybe I'm just a cheap asshole. But yeah. you know, <laughs> I was like, well, why is there a difference between these? I knew of Slater's name. I yeah. had only just recently heard of like you know the hybrid ones, but I did see the videos were like, oh, they're leaking or oh, they're zip ties. And I was mm -hmm. like, eh, I'm not gonna. I've also heard of people using plaster of Paris back in the day to make like stones. I'm like, why would you do that? I I do use plaster of Paris for cosplays, so I'm yeah. like, ooh, imagine I, dropping that. I imagine it just explodes if you drop it, right? So, so my first ever stone that I made, I didn't have the money to buy a mold from Steve, and my first mold I bought from him was actually a 16 inch, and this thing people don't know about Slater either. If you, you got to look a little, it's a little hard to find, but he sells discounted stone molds on his website. So, and it, it's usually about 40% off. And all it is is like the cut is uneven where they cut the circle yeah. or the lip, the, the mouth is just a little goofy. But I bought a 16 inch and the first stone I ever made though, I made using plaster of Paris. You're not actually pouring the plaster of Paris. What you do is you take a... Um, a big medicine, not medicine ball, like the BOSU balls, you know? Yeah. The big exercise ball. Mm -hmm. You put that down. You lay down a bunch of plaster Paris on the ground, you know, obviously wet. You stick the ball on it and you cover it with the plaster, leaving a small hole at the top. You deflate the ball, you take it out, and then you pour the concrete in that. Yeah, I, I've heard of that. And so what happened to you? Do you still have it or did it did it break when you used it? Or well, you have to destroy the plaster to get the ball out. Yeah. Yeah. I but the concrete stayed? How's that? The concrete stayed? I have the original. Um, oh, that's <laughs> the ball. one. Okay. And it, it looks it looks like somebody who doesn't know how to A, work with concrete, B, uh, work with plaster, or C, knows what an atlas stone should look like. <laughs> it's hey, this first weird, try for everybody. It's this weird layered effect to it. It wasn't vibrated down at all. I mean, now, I mean, I actually, because of this, I've gotten very interested in masonry work. I actually built a patio on my, my back of my house, myself with concrete. It helped from some friends too, but it didn't come out quite how I needed it to look, but it's, it's like I did this by myself. Mm -hmm. I did a uh, fire pit in the back that's embedded in the patio because of this work I've done with concrete and 
now I know too much about concrete. I'm thinking about starting some sort of laying business or something. I don't know. I've got all the tools for it now, too. There you go. Yeah. You know, even weird niche sports like this can, like, evolve into, like, hey, I make a career out of making stones or something like that. So that's, that's cool. I would, I would kill to make a career out of making stones. But unfortunately, it's, it's one of those purchases. And they're not I – don't, I don't sell them for a lot either. It's not like – like, I had one guy, a new guy uh, who's a friend of a friend. I, I've never advertised people. It's just word of mouth. And a friend of a friend, he was just like, hey, uh, how much? And I, you know, I told him how much. And he was just like, oh, he's like, I'm, expe- I'm used to paying a dollar a pound for everything. Because that's what metal goes for. And I'm like, oh, God, no, dude. Like, I couldn't justify it. How could I justify it? Like, my time is worth something. But I get paid for my time. Don't worry. But, yeah. Like, concrete is $7 a bag. Like, for 80 pounds, I can get, se- you know, $7 for 80 pounds. Like, how could I justify charging you a dollar a pound just because I've added water to it? You know, I mean, yes, there's my time and my experience and all that, but I, I get, I, I make enough. If I got a stone every day, I would make enough to live. But yeah, people don't buy them that often. It's usually like they buy three at a time, and then it's like, all right, we're good. And you know, I mean, how many times do you have to outfit a thing? That that's true. Well, you don't want to buy this like too much and like you just never be able to lift it. That would kind of suck too. That's <laughs> like, it. Like, hey, I brought this 580 and I'll never be able to lift it. You know, and that's yeah. Luckily, I haven't run into too many silly, silly people that have done that mistake. I usually talk people out of things if I think it's really dumb or they're, excuse me, truly wasting their money. Um, you know, I've had like a 175 competitor. I can't remember his name now. And this is he was a Highlands game competitor. And he wanted a stone that was close to the, uh, I, I don't remember if they call those the McGloshan stones, but they're very similar to them. Yeah. You know, just, they were, uh, they're granite. And he wanted a size that was similar to that and all that. And I said, well, look, here's my thing. Why don't I make a stone that weighs the same weight, but that's bigger? Because then when you go to the smaller stone, your technique is going to change a little on the smaller stone. Yeah. But you're going to be so much better at it because you're used to the same weight but a larger grip. And that's what I try to convince people of. And he just wasn't having it. I mean, he just was adamant about paying the extra money for the, you know, the metal embedded. I, he's one of the few guys, there's like three or four people that I've made stones for that. I just never talked to again because they just didn't ever hit me up again. Yeah. I'm very open and honest. Like if you have a problem, let me make it right, please. Whether it's money back or a new stone, you tell me, let's make it right. But, I don't even know how he did because I, you know, I, the last message I ever sent him, this was, yeah, this was like six years ago now or four years ago now. And the last message I ever sent him was like, hey, let me know how you do it to comp. And yeah. <laughs> I never heard. So some people are stuck in their ways, you know, it's just that's like, just yeah, don't tell is. me what to do. <laughs> that's just how it is. I mean, you know, I aims to please and that's what made him happy. So there you go. Did you ever ship them or you just do local pickup? I don't even think you could ship. I don't even know why I asked that. Like, could you even ship a, a, an Atlas stone? You could. You could. It would just be not economically feasible. Um, you probably have to put on a pallet or something. Yes. So I'm. I where I work for like money. We're a ship. We have. You know, it's industrial, so we we ship things all the time. And I'm actually in charge of a lot of the shipping and receiving. So I know a bit about it. And I, you know, I did a quote one time, just like, how much would it cost for me to ship? Three stones, which let's just say it's a 200, 250, and a 300. You know, that amounts to around 700, 800 pounds, right? For me to ship it from Florida all the way to the furthest part of the U.S., which was like Oregon or something, right? It's like the yeah. furthest furthest distance I could possibly make it. 
And essentially it amounts to uh, flat rates, nine times out of ten. Yep. And it was like four or five hundred dollars to ship it. And that was shipping to a residential. If you had it shipped to a um, a business address, it was a little bit cheaper, but it was like five hundred bucks. And I'm like, well my God, the stones don't even cost that much. Right. You might as well just make one and buy it, you know, buy the mold and do it yourself for, for all of that. Yeah, that's what I tell people. You know, I have a couple videos on my uh, on my channel on stone making. I've I've had this if it would ever stop raining every single day here in Florida, I would I would sit down and finally make my stone master class, which I've been planning on doing for like a year. Last year got too busy. This year I'm like, I have plenty of time, but it just keeps raining every day. And I'm like, I don't want to get caught out in the rain when I'm trying to explain something. But it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. It seems hard and it is hard work, but it's really not. I mean, I've mixed by hand probably 150 stones. And yeah, it sucks, but you know, there's nothing to it. I have a concrete mixer now, but I feel like I've earned that. Yeah. By just going through mixing them all by hand. But it's like I know all the tips and tricks to teach people now. But it's not that hard. I mean, if you just watch Alan Thrall's video on how to do it, he goes over a lot of good information there. Uh is it a master class? No. Is it perfectly acceptable? Hell yeah, it'll yeah. make you a stone that's good. Um Elliot even has a video up there where, you know, he shows him making stones. I would probably go with Alan's video over his. <laughs> um, you know, but there's plenty of information out there. You know, just just buy the mold, rent the mold. Or if you're really feeling frisky, try the plaster of Paris method. It does work, but you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, you're right. Definitely um, doing all that, it is easy. I live in New York, which unfortunately means I'm in the concrete jungle. So a lot of people, I do have a backyard. Well, my mom has a backyard, and I go to her. I go to her place. I'm like, hey, can I use your backyard? But a lot of people in the city just don't even have that luxury, you know, to to yeah. even like, oh, I can't even build or make things, or I don't have a garage unless I live in like yeah. Long Island or Staten Island. And here in New York, we only have one strongman gym in the city itself, which is luckily only five blocks away from my house, but. Um, yeah, a lot of the places are like out. You got to travel by car or take mass right. transit to. So it, 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 um, I don't know. Like, cause I, I thought about it. Like I was like, Hey mom, you're not really using your backyard. Can I uh, get strongman stuff in? And she's like, don't ruin my backyard. <laughs> so I thought about, you know, making the molds and stuff. She's like, what are you doing with concrete? I'm like, it's nothing too crazy. I thought about it, but yeah. it didn't work out this this summer. But I, I definitely want to by, like, next summer, probably get my own, like, stone to, to work with that. Because I suck at Atlas stones. I, yeah. I really yeah. do suck. <laughs> practice practice definitely makes perfect. Uh, pro tip, if you're if you're inexperienced with any kind of masonry work, especially concrete work, Get get the smaller bags. Just yeah. like don't buy the eighty pound bags. Just get the fifty pound bag. Don't be a hero, because you'll find that moving fifty pound bags. Because let's just say you do it a eighteen inch stone, a two twenty five stone, right? Yeah. Let's just say you buy the eighteen inch mold. You can get a lot done with that, by the way. Which, if if I were to recommend you personally getting a stone, I would say get the eighteen inch mold. It's okay. probably the biggest stone you're going to encounter in a competition. Yeah. Um, and you can lighten it very easily. And a 225 is probably not the heaviest you'll ever see, but you can always make it heavier too. It's not that complicated. 
but just just get the 50 pound bags because if you if you're doing a 225 that's three 80 pound bags mixing that in a wheelbarrow or god forbid all you have is that little basin that they sell at yeah a store like the bucket the crappy little buckets yeah you're gonna want to only do you it's better to do three mixes with the 50 pound bags than to only do two mixes with the 80 pound bags because i learned that a long time ago i was like you know i i had a you know big dick energy moment and i was like let me just do 160 pounds at once and it took me like 40 minutes just to mix it all to to the proper consistency because it was just so heavy and yeah. i'm human you know what i mean so having having done that kind of stuff and over the years i was like i'm just doing 80 pounds at a time and i just slowly pour it cup by cup and that's that's all there is to it but pro tip to other people just do 100 pounds at a time two 50 pound bags at once nothing wrong with that you know it's not a race <laughs> it'll get done exactly you're just trying to just trying to do the best you can yeah it's 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 definitely one of those things yeah well, that's a that's a lot of really good um, information on the uh, Atlas Stones. And I appreciate that. Hopefully, you know, when I get to mine, I will take this advice because I don't want to screw it up or, like I said, the eighty pound bag. Because I would I would be the person to be like, I'm just gonna get this giant bag. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm a big strong woman. I'll just do the I'll do the big one. Yeah. My mom would do this. Honestly, my mom is like sixty three. She would do the same. She's like, get the eighty pound bag. We'll do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and I trust Rich. You know that they. You're not winning any prizes You're not. for, you know, having the biggest dick here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just get the job done. People people appreciate the beautiful stone when it's over, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, they don't they don't give a shit if you carried eight hundred eighty pound bags. Like they don't give a shit. They just care the stone looks nice. Exactly. <laughs> and um, like I said, you, you were experiencing stones. And earlier you said that you are a novice competitor. So why don't you tell me more about that? Well, you're novice going into open weight. Yes. this So I've done one, two. I've done technically two competitions, but only one being a strongman competition. I've been involved in the sport. I've gone to Florida Strongest Man basically every year since I discovered it, which is like going on four or five years now. Cool. I've gone to several down in Miami that I've been a fan of. I the first competition I did was the Strength Camp Challenge, which Elliot Hulse had hosted. And if it weren't for that, I actually wouldn't have gotten into Strongman at all because I met a guy there, Nate Pastrana, one of my best friends now. He's a he's a really good 231 competitor, but he has yet to break into that pro status. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys, mm -hmm. kind of always a bridesmaid there. Um, really strong dude, really smart with the sport, uh, and he's nutty, so I love him. You know. And um, met Nate there, but that specific competition, I was in the uh, men's, I think the open class they had there. They didn't have weight classes at that one. So little 175 pound me, who was useless, by the way, uh, was competing against guys that weighed like 300 pounds. Yeah. And this was more of like an athletic competition. They had elements of strongman there. Like, they had a keg run and, like, a, a farmer's handle thing. But then they also had, like, a bench press for reps. You know what I mean? It was mean? like a so, powerlifting strongman hybrid. Yeah, well, and then they had a mystery event, which was a uh, uh, jump. You, you were jumping over a, a, a bar. Okay. That's, yeah, that's that was their mystery event. And I was like, well, I mean, I saw a great movie once that told me white men can't jump and <laughs> half of me can't jump. 
Uh, so, I, I imagine seeing 300-pound guys trying to jump over a bar, and it's like, ooh, that can't end well. Well, that was about the only place in the comp where I actually felt good because I got one of the lowest jump scores. It was like 20-something inches. I just don't – I don't know how to jump. What the hell? You yeah. know? And there was a guy there, a uh, local guy, uh, I think his name's Steve Weech, something Weech. He ended up – if it was a real, like, legitimate combine there, he broke the combine record for 225 bench pressing. Like, he yeah. did it for, like, 47 or 48 reps. Jeez. The combine record at the time was, like, 40. I mean, but granted, again, 300-pound dude. Okay. He also deadlifted 800 pounds, which was the highest of the day. <laughs> but it made me feel good when I beat him on the jump. I was like, oh, well, thank God. There's something I'm not getting last place at. Yeah. Because <laughs> he got, like, 12 inches, and he was like, that's it. And I was like, sweet, I'll beat him at least. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a pretty pathetic showing. Honestly, at the time, my deadlift was a pathetic showing. There's, If you go to the Strength Camp YouTube, they had like a highlights video. And in one of the highlights videos is little fresh-faced, 175-pound me <laughs> trying to deadlift 315 or 320. And I just look like complete hell. It's just, I am forever immortalized as that. I mean, oh boy. It makes me feel good to know that even now with a busted hip and back, I can still pull that weight much better looking than I did back then. So um, I did that comp and I met Nate and Nate convinced me that Strongman was the way to go. And I said, is there jumping? <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, you might have something going with this. And I, I grew up on essentially a farm out in the country my father was a mechanic and a handyman so i grew up doing all that kind of stuff you know mechanics mm -hmm. works carpentry yeah ironically not a lot of masonry which is what i do a lot of now in my spare time but it was you know moving wheelbarrows of stuff and you know just honestly strongman stuff you know pick yeah. up this piece of an engine and carry it 15 feet over here you know that's how i grew up doing it and when i started looking more into strongman i was like oh well, shit, I could do that. I used to do that growing up. And for the most part, my better events are usually the strongman events, you know, like moving weird shit around. Yeah. Versus the static lifts, which is where I usually end up getting, you know, not so great, where it's like, you want me to deadlift how much? Ooh, I don't know about that, boss, you know. <laughs> but um, I did Miami's Baddest, and I did it in the novice class. And... Um, a bit of a sour note on that one, sour grapes. I was actually somewhere around sixth going into the last event. And I knew I wasn't going to win it because if people don't know about novice strongman, if you don't have to do it, and I, I could talk about why you have to do it versus why you wouldn't, don't. Because nine times out of ten, there's trophy hunters there, which are just dudes that just go around the circuit in you know in the novice class just collecting their trophies because they can they weigh you know 280 300 pounds they have no business in that class but they go in it because they like to feel good about winning yep we have the same thing with the strong one and I, I saw it in my third competition i'm like well why are you here if you you know you can people's like oh i got second or i got third or yeah. or you know i'm just doing it for the trophies and like i was like i'm just trying to learn this stuff because i don't have this yeah. equipment if you've been doing this for two years trying to get trophies, go play with the big girls and go actually prove yourself. That that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean at the at the 
At that a comp, it was Miami's Baddest Man, put on by Mike Delapapa of the Battle Axe Gym, the strongman gym in Miami. Give a shout out to my boy. I love I love Mike. Mike's a great guy. He does so much for the sport too, especially you know not just locally, internationally. He had Ed Cohen at his gym. Nice. Like how cool is that, right? And um, at that comp again, I was like sixth or seventh going into the last event. There was a dude there, so I didn't even get one on the log. The log was a two hundred log, and I'm a great okay, not great. I'm a good bench presser. Like I picked it up very easily. I basically with Two months of work went from like 225 for one to like 290 mm-hmm. in like two months. I'm just, I guess I'm built for it. I just like it. I, I Overhead, different story. I've been working on overhead for years and it just, it won't come. But never cleaned a 200 pound log. The most I'd done in training was 180. Cleaned the 200 and I kind of was like surprised. I was like, oh shit, I actually cleaned it. Oh my God. And it felt kind of easy. And I went for the press, got here, got here got here, tried three times, couldn't do it. There was a dude going at the same time as me in the novice class, two people down. That son of a bitch did 28 reps. Oh, just repping it out. Just, yeah, it wasn't even, no leg drive, just all strict, just like it wasn't even there. And I was like, why are you here, bro? Yeah. You know, we had a axle tire deadlift, which, you know, it's like a 16-inch pole or something like that. 450 pounds i think i did three reps and i was like i'm calling it because you know i'm not going to kill myself for nothing and that dude did like 20 or i think he did 14 reps with that and i was like you you shouldn't be here of course he won you know he needed to be in the the super heavyweights is where he needed to be but Mm -hmm. you know he wanted his trophy well and according to him it was his first comp and i was like that's adorable but (laughs) Test yourself. You shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I went there, and I last event was, uh, he called it a burden run. You had to pick up a sandbag, carry it 60 feet one way, and then 60 feet back and put it over a yoke. And I was way slower than I'd ever moved in. And I made a lot of mistakes that day. Let's just put it that way. And you got points just for getting to the yoke. That gave you one point. And then once you got it over the yoke, time stopped and you went by time. So I got one point because of that. But because I screwed that event up so much, I went from sixth all the way down to like 15th. Oof. Yeah, you know, it's a bit bittersweet, but I learned a lot from it. And, and you know, it's novice. Who cares, right? And, and, and that's the part about novice. It's a learning experience for maybe, you know, events you've never done before or, you know, see where you need improvements compared to other people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And now I've got my first comp with open class. I'm doing the 200s. It's just a level one comp. I have some uh, hip and back things going on, so I didn't want to go too heavy right out of the gate. But I do have a uh, kind of a hunger to actually compete. I'm not one of those dudes. I it's it's kind of I'm a little terse with it when people talk to me about competing because it, for me it's a just shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Whenever I see a competition and I say I'm going to do it, once they open registry, I'm the first guy to sign up, period. No questions asked. And I don't do that because I want clout for it. I do that because the second you sign up, it's real. And if you don't sign up immediately and you're not already a competitor, your bitch ass is never going to sign up. It's that simple. I agree with that. Because, yeah, you know, I I had one guy, two guys at our gym, and one of them, they're both really nice guys, and I had one 
open registry happened. I told him about it. I said, you can do novice, no problem. He's a 175 pound guy, pretty strong. He's, you know, some of the weights at the comp, he's going to be chasing him. Just like me, I'm chasing some of the weights at this comp too. But mm -hmm. um, he's got good tenacity, good energy, good positive attitude, all that good stuff. And he's, uh, he's doing novice. I was like, you belong in novice, 100%. And right when registry opened, I signed up. And I told him about it two weeks later. He signed up the next day when I told him about it. And I was like, good. There was another guy who said, oh, you know, I'll probably do it. And I was like, oh, cool story, bro. A week later, I saw him again. He only trains on – I only see him on Saturdays when yeah. I train there. And uh, I saw him a week later, and I said, you know, hey, what's – you know, you signed up for that copy? Yeah, it's the first thing I say to him, you know. Oh, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the, the pay and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. So next week, right? Yeah, 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 I'll do it next week. Okay. Saw him the very next weekend. I said, hey, did you sign up yet? Oh, no, man. You know, I got this, that, and the other. I said, well, I said, I'll pay. I'll pay for you to, you know, I'll pay for your entry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Nothing wrong with that. And I, for me, it was just admit you don't want to do it because you're either scared or just don't want to. Yeah. But don't, don't step to me and say, I want to compete and then come up with reasons not to. Like, no, you're, yeah, you're true. You're being a bitch. Just be real. I respect real. Don't lie to me. Don't bullshit. Right? There's nothing wrong with not doing a competition if you don't want to. You know. Right. This isn't for you. That's fine. But but don't yeah. act like you want to do it. But you know, there's just there's just so many things that I just I can't do it right. Like no no, you don't want to, because give me the real reason. You're either scared you're gonna lose and look stupid out there, mm -hmm. which I got news for you. Everybody looks stupid out there every once in a while. You know, there's there's pros that have been crushed by Atlas Stones before. You know what I mean? Yeah. They look stupid. So what? Real strong men and real women, obviously strong women too, they only care about work. And most like people there aren't, you know, going to be a dick to you. I was, I was, I was afraid of my first competition signing up. I actually signed up on the last day of registration. Well, not last day because you can sign up the day of. But I signed up maybe five days before the competition mm -hmm. and i just come back from like just a, an injury where i was like i was lifting furniture and like i dropped the furniture on myself like an idiot yeah. and i was like i just want to do this i hadn't been in the gym for months uh i'm just like i just want to do this because i you know i want to do this so yeah. i signed up for it and i was like i'm gonna come in less i'm gonna look stupid but it didn't matter because most people there were nice people or they were helpful it's like hey you know, giving advice like, hey, don't round your back or lift the, the implement this way. Most people aren't there to be dicks. And the ones that are, fuck them, ignore them. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking, like I said, I was talking to, to Chris about that just this morning because, you know, he was here and we were we always shoot the shit for an hour whenever I meet somebody or see him again. And he said, you know, in this entire, he's he's 49 this year, I think, or 50. And he's still doing it, by the way, which is just. Like I told him, you're stupid, but so am I, and that's why we get along. And we were talking about it, and, and he said, in this entire time I've been doing this, he's been doing it 15, 20 years almost. He said, in the entire time, he's only met two people that he just couldn't stand. And he named one of them, and I forgot to get the name of the other one, local guys. And he's like, other than that, he's like, they're all good people. You know, you say we disagree on certain things, but at the end of the day, we're all here to do the same stuff. Just try to get stronger, be better, and we all get along. Exactly. And I was like, you know, that's what it is. It's a community, and that's what I – I want it to be more popular, but I also have my uh, 
I have my opinions on ways it should go, but you know, like assholes, everybody's got one and they all stink. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I want it to be bigger, <laughs> but you know, then it'll be like bodybuilding when you got the gym bros who's like, yeah, but Eddie could deadlift this. I'm like that's not what we're talking about, you know. Right. You, with, with your fans, you you'll get the assholes, unfortunately, but mm, it right. comes with the well, territory. You know, I, I I told a couple people about my actual like dream of strongman. I don't plan on being, say, world champ in the 200s. I definitely want to take the lighter weight classes and make them more popular, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've got a loud mouth and a decent personality people seem to like, so I feel like I could be that guy to sort of like, hey, by the way, we're down here, like, you know? Yeah. We weigh less, but we're just as fun. And I want to win Florida's by the time I'm 28, which means I've got about two years, give or take, Okay. To do that, I want that title. I want to be Florida's strongest man at the 200s. And then I want to have a lot of notoriety around the state because I have a big problem with the way nationals is run and the way, no, just specifically nationals. In, so you're United States strongman or right. are you strongman corp? I'm strongman corp right now. Okay. But they both influence the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I'm I'm pretty okay with how Worlds is run, but like Nationals, you hear the stories where the you know people are paying thousands of dollars to go out to wherever it's at, which this year it's actually in Florida, which is kind of cool. Yeah, Florida's so hot right now. <laughs> so hot right now, in literally every every way imaginable. <laughs> by the way, um, but yeah, I have a problem with the way Nationals is run. I think. If people are paying two grand between food, travel, and, uh, you know, lodging, they come out to this thing where there's 400 people in their weight class. Mm-hmm. These things are going on for literally two or three days at a time. You know, maybe it sounds like I'm bitching, but I feel like that at a national level, there shouldn't be that many people. I agree with that. Like, besides that, it's kind of hard to watch from a spectator point. It's like, all right, if we're doing nationals, right, how I feel it should be run personally is, like, get the strongest man and woman from each state or the the top three from each state and then have them compete. That's what I feel should be the case. Instead of, here's 80 guys from California and then here's, like, two guys from Arkansas. I'm like, we don't need that many people, you know? And I, I totally get it. It's like there's probably not going to be a state champ from specific states yeah. that just don't have the popularity. That's fine. My idea was this, and, and I love that idea too. That was part of mine. My, I was discussing this just the other night with somebody, and I said, what if they just took top two from each weight class from each state? There's your nationals. Yeah. Now you have at most 100 people in each weight class for each, you know, yeah. both, both genders and everything. A hundred people is manageable, but I wanted to take a step further. Take the top two from each state, and you have regionals. You have east, west, and then central, and then the top two from each of those. That's nationals. Yeah. I mean, then yeah. by then, you're probably talking about what? At the most, like what, 25 people? Exactly. Like 25 people in a weight class? That's competitive as hell, but at the same time, you're not manageable. A yeah, that too. You're not a pro. You're not a pro. You got to, you know, that's, to me, that is a level of eating shit to get where you need to be that still respects you as a competitor and res- 
makes you respect the sport. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they should, honestly, though, seeing the conditions that they went through at Worlds, I'm like, wow, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, you look at the Arnolds, and, uh, you know, I chatted with a couple of the, the big guys there. I was like, how's Arnolds compared to this? They're like, dude, totally different experience. We're sitting in a nice room. They're like, the hardest part is we sometimes get too cold in between events. Yeah. That's the hardest part, they said. Because you watch Arnold's, you can watch that shit live. It's, you know. It's great. It's beautiful. It's beautiful from a spectator. It's beautiful. And Arnold's respects the athletes. You can tell the way the stage is set up, the way the events are run, the way the events are. You know, every event seems like something they're doing because they love the sport and they love the athlete. You know, I wouldn't be watching this if it wasn't for the athlete. The athlete wouldn't be there if it wasn't for me. And I think that kind of relationship, the respect needs to be both ways. Yeah. And when you've got an event where I understand they're not professional athletes yet, they're not considered pros <laughs> in, in nationals yet, I get that. But shouldn't they still be shown some level of respect? And 100%. shouldn't the people, people watching, shouldn't they be able to have a good time watching it? How the hell are you going to have a good time watching 100 people go, you know, at once? Yeah, that was my problem with official strongman games too, which is live streamed by um the you know official strongman giants live. I'm like, this was hard to watch ten people in a lane throwing sandbags. I'm like, what's going on? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it's people point at CrossFit and they're like, look, CrossFit's doing. It. I'm like, CrossFit is different for for a number of reasons. Number one, nobody it's not knows what's going on in co- in co- CrossFit at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number number one, it's not a real sport. Number two. Um, it's a bunch of teams getting together and competing together to see who's the best at exercise, which is fine. And I get some people like to watch it, but let's be real. When people go to sporting events that aren't, say, the NBA, you know what I mean? Yeah. You go to your local high school, and let's talk about a sport that's considered by everybody a real sport, right? Basketball. Just simple, something everybody gets, at least in America. Yeah. People at the local level are only there to see the buddy that they know that plays. They're only there to see their son. You know, there's no, there's no fan club in California for some kid in middle school in Florida. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. It's not a thing. Starting out is the same way in Strongman. But once they get to professional level, shouldn't it be easy to be able to tell you who the 200-pound class champ is, the 175, the 231. But it's not. Most people don't even know who won the 200-pound class last year. Yeah. I don't even know. I only know, what's his name? Peter Peter Castelli, I think his name was. He won the Arnolds. And then I know Dane Wallace, who also won the Arnolds in 2019, I think, mm-hmm. or 2018. And that's the best I know. It's actually kind of hard to find that information sometimes. Yeah, that too. The record keeping is not really good here in America with all of our records and everything. I, I'm like, I can't tell you who like is defined as America's strongest man because it's weird. You know, we got nationals. We mm-hmm. we, we have um, United States strongman. We have strongman corps. We have giants live North America. I'm like, which one's the actual strongest man in America? You know that that's hard. Right, and then the capitalist in me is totally fine with that because competition breeds betterment. Yeah. But when... Have a set feels, title. Right, but when there's a title, you know, I mean, that, that, that goes back to that... Uh, I'm, have you ever heard of the story of Bill Kazmaier trying to sue for the yes. title of World's Strongest? Right. 
for people who don't know, Bill Kazmaier got pissed off at this guy doing like a car commercial because the guy claimed to be the world's strongest man. And Bill said, screw you. I'm the world's strongest man. I literally have the title. And long story short, the judge ruled that it was too uh, broad of a term to call yourself that. And then the yeah. dude was totally allowed to call himself that. Yeah. Well, with, with that in mind, what the hell anybody does that say about be, Martin's leases? That's true. Yeah, anybody on YouTube can be like, I'm the strongest man in the world. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> right. You know, and then like you said, you've got three different in America, <laughs> you've got the three bigs, you know, in in Strongman Corp, USS, and then um, uh, Giants Live Tour. And it's like, well, how do you get to any of these places? You know, does USS qualify you for Giants Live? Does Giants Live qualify you for USS? Which one takes you to Arnold's? Which one takes you to Worlds? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I think it's mostly, you know, Strongman Corporation more than United States Strongman, I think. There's no set anything. I'm like, we need a bit more standardization. Like, tell us how to get from A to B to C. That's right, all we right. kind of want for the people when who I say want standard, to be world's strongest man. Right. When I say standardization, I mean just like just like put a drop of oil in the water. Yeah. Because I don't want to turn into powerlifting or or more specifically Olympic lifting, where we all have to use Alico barbells. Yeah. I we all have that. to use Alico calibrated plates. But that's the way it'll move with too much standardization. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think Bartos is leaning in that direction where if every comp uses Bartos barbells or not barbells, but you know what I mean? They're, they're farmers, they're yokes, they're stones, they're plate loadable dumbbells. That's going to turn it into Olympic lifting where every gym is then going to own only Bartos stuff. And that's not strongman. Strongman is again, lifting up a heavy, awkward thing and looking cool. Yeah. I also think the competition, at least for the pros, the competitions got a bit standard in like the in the twenty tens. Was like we always have Atlas stones, or you know, we we always do deadlift. I'm like, damn, you guys have so many cool events. Like right. at least to worlds, bring them back. Like bring back the power stairs from like twenty twelve, or yes. change it up. Screw yes. it over for tights as lawless, but I'm just like, bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love I love the power stairs. That's one of the coolest events to watch. My God. The one clip I always show people when I'm like, Mario's Pujanowski, and they're like, who? And I'm like, he's this insane Polish dude who was like, looked like a bodybuilder, moved like a bullet, and was strong as hell. And I always show them that clip of him doing the power stairs against, uh, what was it, the big American? Phil Fister. Phil Fister, against Phil Fister, where Pudz was behind, he looked up and saw Phil up there, and just shot past him. And it was like, who is this man? You know what I mean? But like Power Stairs, it's a fun event to watch for everybody because anything could happen at any moment. Exactly. Now, I do have to say I love the idea of ending with Atlas Stones. To me, that's paying homage to history. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's so many things. I mean, you can do a, a safe press. I don't think certain events like car flips should be brought back. I understand yeah, no, why people got hurt on that. Oh right. my gosh. It's, it's a little a little too dangerous for my liking. Now I get some strong man like that's strong man, be a man. I'm like, that's cool, bro. But like you're flipping a car. On yeah. top of the fact that that's a little too unstandardized, like, how do you decide how far the car went? Do you decide by flips? Maybe yeah. the car flipped a little differently for this guy because the weight was different, you know? There's 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 a lot of factors in there that can't be 
put in at the end of the day, strong is strong, but I feel like a car flip is just a little too unstandardized. Now, bring back the car yoke walk, because that shit was Oh cool. yeah. That was like, super that was super cool. Like that's visually impressive for nobody who knows anything about Strum is like, can right. you walk with a car on your shoulders? Like that looks cool. Some YouTubers I watched, you know, he's there's just like uh, you know, some gaming channels. They're talking about Strongman, and I'm listening to this. I'm a bodybuilding fan, too, and I'm listening to this, and they're talking about bodybuilding and Strongman. They don't know the half the story, but I'm listening to it as somebody who knows a lot, and he's describing the car walk, and it was cool because they put up, like, pictures of, like, Phil Fister doing the car walk. And he's like, there's a dude who gets into a real car, and he puts on suspenders, <laughs> and he's wearing the car <laughs> as suspenders. And I was like, this is the shit we need to do to make this sport popular because that is cool. Because yeah. somebody who doesn't know anything knows that's cool. Exactly. You don't need to bring back stupid events, even though I kind of want stupid events. But you go and look at the 90s ones, some of those events were just ridiculous. Like murder ball. We had to push a ball into like the other opponent. That one was weird. I'm like, what yes. was this? Bring back and, some more wrestling. I'd watch that. <laughs> see, and I'm that's I think that's where we disagree. I tend to be less of a fan of the head-to-head competition style, like the uh, the pole push or the sumo wrestling. I wasn't yeah. a fan of that. Part of it is because when you're in strongman, especially at their level, you have to be familiar with so many different events. Mm-hmm. And there is I'm gonna put it this way: there's like 10% risk factor increase when you do these head-to-head events pull push and sumo wrestling because it's like how do you practice this with other guys number one but never minding that to me head-to-head competition should be their own thing i agree with mas wrestling or miles wrestling being its own thing arm wrestling is its own thing because it's such a specialized thing yeah, there's a lot of technique that goes in there. It's not just, oh, I got to, you know, flick my arm. No, there's a lot of twist and Right, you know, strong is strong, but, like, there's a lot. I When I look at an event, and I'm nobody, I get that, but when I look at an event as just a, a logical person as much as I can be, I try to think about every factor that could go into determining a winner of this particular event. When you have something like a tug-of-war, which is visually impressive, unless you're like Kaz and and capes and you just <laughs> dig in for 40 minutes yeah like don't get me wrong the big dick energy coming off of that sand must have been impressive but i wouldn't have wanted to stand there and watch that because after the second tug i'd have been like all right this shit's dumb can we do something else please true but there's so many factors that go into that was his dirt loose was his dirt you know packed tighter you know there's there's <laughs> there's factors that you have to think about and it's like as long as everybody's using the same log, it's fair, in my opinion. It's even. You had your chance. You weren't as strong enough to do it. It doesn't matter if you tweaked your elbow doing it, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about injuries. I'm talking about, did you use the same exact log that he did? Yeah. You had your chance. You couldn't do it. That's on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you use the same brand of farmers? Fine. Okay. You know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And when head-to-head stuff, I mean... You could make the argument strong is strong on something like uh, sumo wrestling or, or MAS wrestling, Moz wrestling, or yeah. or even the uh, uh, pole push. Sure. But at the same time, I feel like those should be sort of their own thing. 
I agree. I wouldn't want to see them back at Worlds. Maybe if they did tiebreaker events, because yes. I'm like the whole, oh, we, we determine places by count back, which I'm like, I'm here. I want to see something happen for a tiebreaker. I think head-to-head would be good for tiebreakers, because I don't, I don't agree that they should be back at Worlds, because going head-to-head, if you're in the wrong lineup, you probably got screwed out of, you know, placing. In the, so I don't agree that it should be back at Worlds. Smaller competitions, like... SCL, the Strongman Champions League, I watch a lot of those. They have, like, pole push and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Smaller leagues, it's fine. But, like, at the world stage, unless it's for tiebreakers, it shouldn't be back. That Yeah, I don't agree with that. Events I went back is, like, in the 90s, they used to throw, you know, they still do the, the, the keg toss, but, like, throw the bricks over the wall for height. Things like that. I want that stuff to be back. That's, you know, that's the, one of the my... people walk. Yes, that's this is when you were just talking because the pole push reminds me of the 90s with Manfred Herbel, <clears throat> where they were doing the brick over the they were throwing the cinder block over. Yeah, what I love about that is it's visually stimulating, and anybody can understand that because anybody can go grab a cinder block, throw it as high as you can. How high do you get? You know what I mean? Yep. Can you throw a cinder block onto your roof? That's exactly. how strong these guys are, you know what I mean. And that's the kind of stuff I like, and that's the kind of stuff I totally agree should be in worlds where it's you've got visually appealing things that easily demonstrate how fucking strong these guys are. Yeah. Because when we were down in Florida, because that's where we met, we met at Worlds, mm-hmm. uh, there were just people who were on the beach. And it's like, why are these people just crowding around these guys? And they like, it doesn't look interesting to a spectator who was walking on the beach, walking by like, Okay, so there's a guy just, you know, just deadlifting. Okay, I do that at the gym. I mean, right. yes, that's like, as Eddie says, that's alpha male strength. You know, he says that all the time, but it's not as impressive in Strongman. I get its place, but do something. Like, I like when they did the silver dollar deadlift. That looks visually impressive. Like, so, bring back those visual, you know, events. Right. Yeah, I got a bone to pick with that particular lift. Tom McGee had the world record for the most weight a human being had picked up off the ground in a deadlift format for literally 30 years. And he did it with cheese. Now, granted, the bar was super bendy and the thing was, you know, it's close. But he did it in a comp where other people had the opportunity to beat him. This was after days of competition. And then what happens? Eddie Hall just does the same lift outside of a competition. With the books, right? With books. And I was kind (laughs) of like, Fuck you, that doesn't count. No, that's unless it's in a comp, I don't want it to count. Now, when I say that, I don't I mean if you go to the World Loglift Championships, that counts. There's other yeah. people there, there's opportunity for other people to push you and break the record. Take it from you, right? Mm-hmm. You're just in your house with Colin Bryce deadlifting. Who the fuck is Colin Bryce? I don't trust him. You know what I mean? I think he got a Guinness uh, record for that, I think. Don't quote me on that. I think they award him like, well, here he is. We officiated this. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and, and I say that about the Space Cowboy. I met him. He was a nice guy. But, <laughs> but like, who the fuck are you? I don't trust you to, to know that that weighs, you know, 1,200 pounds. Like, yeah. I want Brian Shaw standing there and going, that shit's heavy, bro. You know, I want... I want competition. I don't get by that logic. Iron BB is, you know, log lift champion because he's done right. 518 pounds in his gym. And I don't even know where he's from. Uh, Burkina Faso, which is like in like central Africa, I think. Don't quote me on that, but it's in Africa. <laughs> I thought he was an okay. I was, I was pretty convinced he was like a, an African competitor, but I had no idea where. Yeah. But yeah, by that logic, he's the world record holder on log because he's done 517 in training. Graham Hicksy's done it. You know what I mean? He's, you know, 520 in training. Yeah. 
you know, that's that's the same logic we're using here when we just allow somebody to just go to a store and break a world record like that. Yeah, that that was a bit weird, but Eddie will beg to differ. <laughs> that's fine, you know, and, and you know, I, I Eddie was one of the few guys there when we were at Worlds that I actually he looked super busy. And I ain't going to call him out and call him an asshole or nothing. I've heard some people call him an asshole and say he was being a prick. The man's busy. He's very, you know, he's got shit to do. I get that. He's a, he's a popular commodity there. But I actually didn't get the chance to uh, stop him and pose for a picture. Part of it was he was a little bit off-putting sometimes. Like, I saw somebody else like, hey, Ed, can I get a pic, you know? And he was like, oh, make it fast. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. He's in a hurry. All right. Like, it's one thing for the competitors, because there were some I wanted pictures with, and it's like, well, they're about to go up and compete, so I didn't want to bother them. But it's just like, I, I get it, you know? It's like, well, they're here for business. That This is their job. So it's like, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, can I get a picture if you're, like, in the zone, like, you know, getting ready to, like, lift something heavy. Right. But, like, it, afterwards, it, you know, on the beach and stuff, that's cool. Right. Well, one of the pics I got with Brian was right after he got qualified for the finals, and I stood there. Everybody else left once it was over. Once he was just like, yeah, you know, he did it. He confirmed it. A bunch of people are leaving. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I'm running up to the fence finally. I'm like, Brian, Brian, I love you. And I'm wearing his uh, his uh, American deadlift T-shirt he had. Yeah. I was wearing that when I got that pick. And then such a bittersweet moment. Like, I'm a huge Brian Shaw fan. I want him to get five because I feel like Morios doesn't get the kind of credit that I honestly believe he deserves for being a five-time champ. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of that, people say it's because people were doing the, uh, what do you call it, IFSA, IFSA at the time. Yeah. I think that's part of it, but I actually think a bigger part of it is that Morios kind of left the sport and really left the sport. Yeah. He did nothing to sort of talk about his lineage in the sport at all. He just disappeared and went off to MMA. And I mean, now he's, I think he's hosting some some strong. Oh, yeah. Concerts. He does a lot in, uh, in Poland. So I'm like, right. he's big in his home country, but he doesn't come back here. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't tour. Like honestly, like look, Bill. Bill Kazmaier is probably, if not the strongest man who's ever lived. He's he's definitely top top five competition. Yep. In his prime, I mean, the the freak was so strong they told him not to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Multiple world records in powerlifting, and it's real powerlifting too, not like with all the suits and shit they do now. You know, I don't at me, bro. <laughs> um. But, you know, super strong guy. But when we really look at it, he won three times. You know, people have done more impressive things later on, but he's still talked about as a legend. And a big part of that is because he stays active in the sport. Yes. And I think the same thing could be said of, um, uh, uh, help me out here, uh, Icelandic. Uh, Magnus. Magnus. Yeah, right. Magnus for Magnuson. I think the same thing can be said of him. He stays active in the sport, so people remember his name, people respect the lineage. Mm-hmm. I think you look at somebody like, say, Yako Ahala, one of the lightest guys to win. Yep. Nobody talks about him. Yeah, he just went back to his home country. I think it also might be a language thing, I personally. think a big part of it is a language Like, thing. when Marius first started, he could he could not understand English. I remember his first, his first worlds, he couldn't understand that he didn't get a rep. He mm-hmm. thought he had won what it was, and he didn't understand. It was like no rep, and he couldn't understand English. Right. So, and it got better over time. But you know, if you're not practicing it, and you're in your home country, 
And you do an MMA where you just got to beat the shit out of people. You don't really know need to speak English necessarily. So I think that's why he just like, whatever, yeah. I'm done with this. I'm going to go back to my home country. I think Same that's with, a- with Ahola too. It's like, well, what well, Finnish is not a language a lot of people speak. So Right, right. Well, and, and I think when you look at, say, somebody like Z, I think, I think. Now, granted, he's got, you know, what, eight, nine Arnolds behind him too? Eight, yeah. Eight Arnolds behind him. I'm not going to say he's going to follow in the same path as as Pujanowski, but I think there is that bit of a risk when you're sort of a, uh, a, a kind of lesser European, lesser, in quotes, European country like Lithuania, where it's like the only thing I know about Lithuania is that Zydrunas Saviskis is from there. Yeah. Like that's literally the only – I don't know what they do there. I don't even know where it is on a map. Like – I assume it's in Europe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, like, I think Z could have very easily and could still go down that same path where in a few years we're not really talking about him. Well, he's trying to make a comeback for 2020, and I hope he does. I'm a Brian <laughs> fan, too, but I want Z to have that five more. You yeah. know, he, he's saying he wants to – the uh, his five, he's come back in 2020. Not sure if he's – I don't think he's doing Arnold's because he didn't qualify, but – but also, I think it's a social media thing, too. If you look at Poods' followers versus Z, Z has almost half a million followers. Right. And he's always posting, like, look at all this land I own. Z is just living his best life, having yeah. fun. And I think, you know, that's the best way to go out. But yeah. he also does a lot of tours, too. He does seminars, so. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what never think, does. Right. And, I, and I, I think he's going the right path to not be the forgotten champ. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, hell, if he comes back in 2020, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, with Brian, it was that bittersweet moment when Brian, you know, when it was just the math worked out. And I was like, there's literally no way Brian can win this this year. Unless the top other four guys get struck by lightning. Yeah, Nothing, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, in Florida could happen, to be fair. Yeah. But, but you know, when he lost, I, I had this bittersweet moment because I was like, well, shit, you know, Brian, Brian can't do this, you know, and, and witnessing that moment live of him going over to carry after he finished the stones and just seeing a man leaning on his wife, you know what I mean? Just broken. Mm-hmm. I was like, that shit's, that's some real shit right there. Somebody get a picture of that. And I'm glad a lot of people got pictures of it. Cause it was like, that's real shit right there. Yeah. And I had this bittersweet moment. Cause it was like, fuck Brian lost. And I was like, well, because he got fifth, there probably won't be a crowd around him. That's true. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I feel like a shitbag for thinking it, but I was right. Yeah. I mean, I ran over to him, and there was honestly, there was only like four people around him. And I was like, that's fucked up of all these people, man. Like, people only care about the champ, and that's bullshit. Like, Brian Shaw is one of the strongest men who's ever walked this planet. Yep. He also happens to be, in my opinion, the sweetest guy out there. And and this is how you guys treat him? Like, there should be a crowd around this man all yeah. times. He, he did say something one time in his videos. He mentioned, you're only as good as your last lift. And unfortunately, a lot of people think that way. It's like, well, he came in fifth. And, you know, you see all the trolls online like, Brian Shaw's done. He's old news. Who cares? Yeah. I'm like, he's still one of the strongest people to walk this earth, like, regardless of how you feel about it. Like, I, when people said that, I was like, what the fuck? 
fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you talking? What what kind of weed are you smoking that would possibly lead you to that conclusion? Like, I get you don't like him because you want your guy to win. And and there is a way to like two different people and want exactly. one to win more without hating the other one. I have nothing against Thor. I would never call myself a Thor fan. Mm-hmm. I still want to see him do well. Exactly. Like, there's really no pro strongman that I just don't like you know what i mean and it's like you guys you can like eddie and brian at the same time you can like thor and brian at the same time and want one to win more than the other like yeah it's not it's not a light switch okay exactly it's not like basketball where it's like oh i like this team so i have to hate this team you know everybody you know can win (laughs) right you know it's 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 yeah it's it's you won't get a trophy, but everybody wins, right? Yeah, you're still the strongest people who, you know, of the 30 strongest men in the world. Who can right. say that? You know, Brian tore his hamstring at the Arnolds and still didn't come last place. Yeah. Like, come on, people. You know? And But that's one of the things I respect the most about Brian, too, is, like, he went through that, and it was it was honestly... The loading race was like, that was his worst event this year. I or couldn't no. see it because I was I got there at six and I still couldn't see the loading race. I was like, ugh. It, it was the worst event for him. I saw footage some people had gotten from some of my friends. And it was, he looked slow. Mm-hmm. And he looked awkward. And he said it himself in you know, the later videos, like, I've spent years becoming the biggest and strongest. And now they've lightened the weights but I'm still just as slow, even though the weights are lighter. Yeah. And it's like, and part of me, part of me likes that in Worlds because you've got Arnold's and Worlds. It's the two, right now are the two most respected world championships, right? Yep. And with Wuss, very close to, to overtaking Worlds, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because that, that, they love the strongmen. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? You can tell the love. And they have the money. They got all the money. <laughs> one of the, one of the masters competitors I'm friends with here in Florida was telling me about he didn't mention names, but he said a pro strong man that he knew got flown over there to like Dubai or somewhere in India. Yeah. Where they get, you know, that oil chic money, you know? And flew him over there just for a private audience just to do strongman shit for him. Paid him a thousand dollars a day. Flew him there. Paid for everything. That's the that's the dream. I think every strongman wants. You know. I mean, the, first of all, that's fuck you money. Yeah. That they got over there. Like, where it's just like, I think I'll just fly a strongman over today to to just do an exhibition for me and my friends. Like, because why not? Yeah, because I well, it's Tuesday and I'm bored. You know, like, like that's the kind of money that people dream of. But then it's like to be that strong man that that happens to. That's awesome too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, Brian said it in his own video. I just need to get faster, and then this is why I love Brian so much, and why I've always loved Brian. He's what piqued my interest in strong man. I saw in two thousand eight when I was talking about like I'd only seen a couple videos. Mm-hmm. I was house sitting for this lady. I didn't have cable growing up, but she did. And I just had, like, ESPN on or whatever back when they played or CBS Sports, one of the two, you know? Yeah. And they were playing 2008's, 2009 Strongman. 
and I baby saw Brian. face Brian. I saw without the, baby, without the beard. <laughs> baby face Brian, and I went, "Holy shit! Look at this fucking man, this beast amongst men." And I thought it was the coolest thing. And then I saw him doing all the events, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" And I never got into it again until 2012. <laughs> and then I saw Brian, and then you know, dove deep on a lot of the history and stuff. Not nearly as much as you. My hat is off to thee. I have no you, life. <laughs> you stay on top of everything, though. I mean, I, when I when you started doing the week, the weekly. Um, Review and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I have a few strongman videos that I follow. You know, it's like Brian, Never Sate, Alan. Uh, granted, those are just like local guys, but I like their information and stuff. And you, and that's like it. Oh, thank you. Well, why wouldn't I? You give such good information, and it's like it's shit that I had no idea about half the time. And what I love the most about it, there's no opinions. Yeah, it's just. News. It's supposed to be exactly. It's supposed to be news. If I'm going to give my opinion, I'll do another video. But I want to get the news out there because not you're not going to know everything about every guy. And like you said, some weird Baltic nation. Like who's that? But he's a strong motherfucker. And if I right. see it, I'm gonna tell people about it. Right. And that's what I love too. You have like the different sections of the news too, where it's like these people are getting married, and I'm like, oh my god, who talks about this? Nobody talks about that kind of yeah. shit. You know what I mean? But I love that because it's like. It's bringing personality to the sport, too, which I believe is the reason why certain strongmen are so popular. Like Eddie Hall, let's actually look at his record. Objectively looking at his record, he's not that impressive. Eddie gasses out or and gets injured in a lot of his competitions if you go back and watch. Oh, I'm injured on the first event. Cardio's not my thing. I'm like, well, that's not fun to watch. Well, I'll, I'll be absolutely yeah. honest. Like... Arnold's one of the years, I forget which year it was, it was two years before he did the deadlift, the world record deadlift. Yeah. He was doing the log and he had gotten, he had won the event, but then he went for more and he ended up hurting himself because what a surprise. And he was doing an interview afterward, not even an interview, he was just walking off and he said, I don't give a fuck. All I cared about was the log anyway. And he walked away. And I was like, excuse me? Like, yeah. If you only care about one event, just go to the world championships and do it there. Don't don't feed me this bullshit like you're a strongman competitor, but you only care about one event? Like, that's not strongman, bro. Yeah. I wanted to see Eddie in powerlifting. I don't know because of his bicep or whatever, but, like, Eddie in powerlifting would be amazing because cardio was never his thing. He made that known. He was a... Uh, it's weird to consider 6'3 short, but in Strongman, that's a short. He's a stocky short man right. who's not good at the moving events, which kills him. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I've – it's like, look, all respect to the deadlift record that he beat, as long as the qualifiers are put in Strongman style with a suit. Yeah. Now, granted, I respect him 100% for that lift because he was at the World Deadlift Championships. There were other people – that could have beaten him there, but didn't. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I can't wait to see Thor break the record with just straps. Because I believe he could. The man's just... I think fool. Jerry could. If, I'm, I'm going to be the outlier. I'm, I, think Jerry, I think Jerry could do it. It's just if, he keeps getting injured with his hamstring. I was just going to say, if fucking Jerry could just keep his hamstring... Stuck to his fucking bone. Yeah, he no. would probably be able to do it. You know what was cool? I have a 
when I was in Texas at an event there, a strongman, I was at the Bill Kazmaier Classic, actually. Uh, my friend Nate was competing, and I was with him. I met another guy there who was a 231 competitor. And if you watch the footage from last year's Arnold's, you'll see um, Jerry in the back hanging out with, like, this... Uh, he kind of looks Hawaiian, but he's like mm -hmm. a bald Hawaiian-looking dude. Yeah. And I know that guy. I know him personally. I can't remember his damn name. I think it's like James or something. But I was texting him while when I saw him on TV. I was like, oh, dude, I see you. Like, you know, I see you on YouTube or whatever. I was watching it on. And I was like, yeah, how's Jerry doing? And he's like, oh, he's doing good so far, blah, blah, blah. And then right when the, you know, the injury happened, I was like, oh, shit, what happened? And, you know, I had like the insider scoop. So if we ever need the insider scoop, I got us. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, Thor might pull 501 at Wuss. I don't know if there's a prize for that. Though. <laughs> I feel like he'd go for it if there's prize. Not like Thor needs more money, but I feel like he'll do it at like Arnold's or something like that. You know. But he he absolutely said that, and and I know a lot of a lot of the old school strongmen called him out on that when when somebody asked him a comment. They said, you know, are you ever going to pull the 500 kilo or break the deadlift record? Excuse me. And his first response was, if somebody pays me. Yeah. And I don't know why he got shit, because Eddie said the same thing. Eddie put a bet on himself, like, I'm going to do this for money. So I don't know why Thor's getting shit for saying, I'm going to do this for money. Eddie did the exact same thing. And I think, I think to answer that specific question, personality. That's why. Eddie's loud, he's brash, and he's funny. He's charming as fuck. I mean, that is true. I don't necessarily like him. I don't dislike him. I don't know him well enough to have a great opinion of him. You know what I mean? But from what I've seen and from what I've experienced in real life of him, I would think he's probably not somebody I want to go get beers with. But the man, the camera loves him. Yeah. He's charismatic. He knows what to say at any given moment. I mean, he's just, he's good. And I think that's a big part of his personality. And and in Britain, nobody loves strongman like Britain. Yeah. Like, I wish America showed that kind of love. It's a strongman, but it's just not in the cards. I think we just have too many sports, and I think a lot of it's... <laughs> I think strongman's always going to kind of be like soccer here, where... Yeah, but people care about soccer during FIFA. People don't care about World's Strongest Man when World's Strongest Man's on, because it's on some god-awful channel that nobody watches. <laughs> you know, and and after experiencing World Live, they can't live stream that shit. I mean, Arnold's does it, and there's downtime between Arnold's, though, so... You know, maybe but, if they got more staff to work with them. It's 40 minutes of downtime at Arnold's. Yeah. It was four hours of downtime at Worlds. Yeah, that 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 is true. And then it wasn't even like so at Arnold's, like you said, there's 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 downtime there, but it's only downtime in between events. Every guy just goes. Yeah. Worlds, we were standing there for 30 minutes in between competitors sometimes. What Which... what what what? Yeah. You know? No. That that sucks. That that really did suck. It was an experience, and like I said in my first podcast with Julian, I'm like, if you have the chance to go to Worlds, honestly, I would say don't, unless they fix their shut, fix their shit. If they got arena style seating, and and it's weird because at their Giants live shows, or even in like these athletes' home countries, they'll set up tables where they do autograph signings and meet and greet with people. We didn't have that here. We just happened to catch people at the bar hanging out or right. going in between. But you're like, feel weird, like, I don't want to bother you. Or, like, just people on the beach. I met Magnus on the third day in between, you know, the downtime between, like, the King of Kegs and, like, the Atlas Stones. He yeah. would just chill on the beach with his daughter and his wife. 
I, I, like, I ran into I get a Magnus with uh, Colin Bryce. I have a picture of me in the middle of Colin Bryce and Magnus. They were just up at the bar getting drinks, hanging out. Yeah. And I put it this way. I was talking to a guy there who I knew. He works for SBD, actually. And he was helping with the event. And I met him in Texas as well. And uh, I was happy he remembered me, actually. Because <laughs> we met in a bar afterward. <laughs> and yeah. we chatted for a while. But I was chatting with him. And I was like, look, man. What, um, what the fuck? You know? I was like, you're part of the event staff. What the hell? And, and he basically said, well, you're getting a free show. And I said, but are we, though? I said, people paid money to come here. They're paying for boarding and lodging. On top of that, you want us to jump and do tricks whenever you guys say jump. Yep. That's not free anymore. You're getting something out of it. You're getting a crowd that looks cool. I'm like, it wouldn't be that hard for me to mentally fuck this crowd and make all of us just be like, no, we're not doing it. Do the next event. Day one, we did do that. And I'm proud to say I'm the guy who made that happen because after (laughs) it rained... The look on Oberst's face was the look on all of our faces. Yeah, just fucking annoyance, you know. Yeah, well, and, and I said I said it at the time, and I think I still stand by it. With such a catastrophe happening the first day in Florida, they're never coming back. Yeah. Why would they? And that sucks for me. Like I live here, so it was you know it was hype as fuck for me. It was only a two hour ish drive. Yeah, you know, I ain't never done uh, anything here. No, I thought they were gonna do it in California since they're sponsors in California. I'm like, how would you not do it in California? But they did because IMG Academy's there, and that's like the company that owns the the filming rights, I guess. But I'm like, right. what the fuck? Like I said, I've never heard of Bradenton before. I mean, it was a beautiful place to go. Their beaches are super nice and stuff, but you know, I never heard of Bradenton, and I'm from Florida, and I've been to Tampa, I've been to Clearwater, and I never heard of Bradenton. Yeah, I'm just like, I this is a place. Petersburg. Yeah, this is a place it's... where old people retire. That's it. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how they come up with that shit, you know, and I, I, I hesitate to blame any specific person because it was kind of like when we were at the comp and there was a lady, she had a headset on and she kept moving shit around at the final. She kept moving shit around. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. And I, you, were, you were standing right near me when I said it. I was like, don't bitch at that lady because there's some asshole in a suit in the trailer right yep. over there who's telling her to do it. We don't know his name. We never heard of him. We never will. Yeah. Everybody has a bigger boss somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, and I guarantee you that's exactly what was happening to that lady. I was like, I'm not about to throw my flack at her. That's like getting pissed off at the guy serving you the burger at McDonald's because it comes with mayonnaise now. Like, that's exactly. not his fault. Corporate decided to do that. He's making the sandwich how they told him to make it, you know? Yeah. That's all there is to it. I will say this, you gave me the best interview that I did. The only reason why it's not up on YouTube is because IMG blocked the video worldwide, which is absolute ass. Yeah, yeah. so I don't remember who it was, another uh, YouTuber who puts up Shawman videos. He, he was there, and he took videos of the last uh, Atlas Stone between Martins and Mateusz okay. and the celebration. Yeah. And it got copyright claimed. It had like almost a million views on it or whatever the number was. And that got copyright claimed by IMG as well. So they were going after videos. That's why like after day two, I stopped uploading videos because they started copyright claiming stuff. And I got mad. I'm like, but I wasn't showing footage of the event. I was because I had a bunch of interviews of people who had flown in or whatever. And they got, you know, blocked. So 
that's the only reason why it's not up. Because you gave me a really good interview. I still have it. I just have to find a way to upload it. You know? Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> IMG, you know, in their great glory, will probably wait till after Worlds gets aired on CBS and be like, yeah, we're, we'll unblock it. So I don't get the, the clicks. That's one of my favorite one of my favorite phrases to describe stupid shit like that because I like I say grew up mechanic and and my favorite phrase in mechanics is the engineers in all their wisdom yeah so IMG in all their wisdom have blocked all of these videos yep which as would if get that's them going promotions. to force as if that's going to force the average layperson to be like oh well I can't watch it on YouTube I guess I'll yeah, just yeah. go buy it on CBS like no they're not going to do that. No, I've been pirating it for people in Poland. Like, I'll record them on my screen. I'm like, here, watch them. Y'all ain't going to see this. Go watch this. <laughs> this. This is the thing I hate about a lot of media. And video games is a really good example of this. And I actually have seen the data on it. The most pirating country in the world for video games is Russia. Yep. Number one, without a doubt. Like, they are huge. They don't give a, a fuck about anything. Their laws are so different, you can't even catch them half the time. Right. But here's the funniest thing. I forget what video game it was, but they told Steam, they said, hey, release it in Russia. We're, we're doing localization in Russia. They had more sales in Russia than all the other worldwide sales combined. So it's almost like if you give people a chance to pay for something, they'll pay for it. Yeah. But if you don't, what do you expect him to do? It's like exactly. if I were to, if people still remember what Blockbuster was, mm -hmm. if they went to Blockbuster and said, hey, I want to buy, uh, you know, this movie, whatever movie, you know, Gone with the Wind. I want to buy Gone with the Wind, right? Yeah. And the guy behind the counter says, sure. And I was like, cool, I need the U.S. version. And they said, we don't have it. And I said, well, but I have money, though. And they're like, yes, we'll take your money. And I'm like, yeah, but I need the U.S. version of Gone with the Wind. And they're like, I don't have it. And then they, I go out to the alley in the back, and there's a guy with a copy of Gone with the Wind. And I say, hey, I'll buy that off you. He goes, yeah, you don't need to buy it. Here, just take it. The fuck do you think I'm going to do? You think I'm going to go back to Blockbuster? Exactly. I'm never going back to Blockbuster again. I'm just going to keep going to Jerry in the back alley and get my free copies. Exactly. Well, Worlds is just not up with the time. It was a stupid, wacky variety show in the 70s, but I'm just like, it's 2019. People stream. People, I was getting people from all over the world watching my garbage-ass live stream on my phone because they're like, well, this doesn't even get shown in my country. I wait till it shows up on YouTube. So it's just like, y'all have an audience, you just refuse to give it to people, which I don't understand. Because IMG is one of the largest media conglomerates in, like, the world. And right. it's not just like, they do, like, I didn't even realize this until I went on their website to do research for a video. They do, like, New York Fashion Week. They do bull riding. They do fucking esports, which everybody likes to piss on. Like, oh, these kids play video games for three million dollars. They do fucking esports, and that is more known than strongman, which is an athletic endeavor. Right. So, what the fuck are they doing with this property? They just don't care about strongman. It certainly feels that way, you know. And I, I, in my mind, I'm eighty twenty. I'm like eighty percent of me says they don't fucking care, but then there's that twenty percent of me who says never attribute malice where you can attribute stupidity mm -hmm. like i'm more willing to believe that the guys running img are just idiots or ignorant of what the of the product they have yeah and they don't realize it and i think with the prevalence of social media eventually it'll get to the point where people are screaming and yelling loud enough 
that they just go, oh, shit. What I'm really hoping for, I'm hoping somebody like Rogue, and I'm not a big Rogue fanboy or nothing. I'm really not. Look, all my equipment is made by my my one of my training partners who runs the gym I train at. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'm not a Rogue fanboy by any means. They make good stuff. A little overpriced, but it's good. Rogue is involved with CrossFit and with the Arnold Classic, and both of those are beautiful events. Yes, they are. The highlight reels are amazing. You know what I mean? Like, Rogue is on top of that shit. They provide all the cameras. They even showed you how they made that fucking Conan's walk. Right? Wheel, whatever the, what do they call that thing? Which, by the way, holy shit, that was cool. Yeah. And then I'm sitting here like, man, Rogue, why don't you just buy Worlds from them? Right? They have the money. They're shooting in fucking 4K, 8K sometimes. I'm like, my computer yes. can't even play 8K. So I'm like, right. you guys have the money. Those right. cameras aren't cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were cool. down there, you know, because all their equipment for World Strongest Man was done by Rogue. And they were right. taking pictures, but they didn't have highlight videos on their YouTube page, which was kind of interesting. Because their cameramen were there taking videos. So I'm like, are y'all waiting for CBS to show this shit? And then you post your videos or what? Because I'm sure your footage will look better as well, you know? And, and you, want, you want to talk about a fanboy moment. You're talking about how they make, made people wait and shit. And it was like, that's where I really fell in love with Thor. When he won in 2019, right? He won? 2018, yeah. 2018, I'm sorry. Yeah, because yeah, we're in 2019. 2018, he wins. Immediately posts it. Like, I'm the fucking champ. Deal with it. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Because the year before that... We're going to get cheeky and pretend it didn't happen. We're sitting here like, <laughs> look, the people who know, who want to know, know already. Exactly. The people who don't know, don't give a shit because they don't know. On top of the fact that... You mean to tell me you're a fucking world's strongest man? You're not allowed to announce that shit until June of the next year, or de- I'm sorry, December, because the yeah. British people, well, we just we need to watch worlds because it's Christmas tradition. Fuck your tradition. That's exactly. <laughs> they get a no week of strongman. There's no reason they can't do this shit live and do it at Christmas. There's literally no reason they can't do both. Seriously. No like, reason whatsoever. Ours is coming out now. It's coming out. I don't know if you're watching it on CBS because who fucking has it? But it's it's that. it's so ass. It, it like I have to go to my mom's place because I don't have cable. I'm like, hey, mom, uh, yeah. you're not home on Thursday. Can I watch this? And I do. I'm right. like, it's so shitty. Like it's chopped up into thirty minute pieces. The announcers are fucking terrible. Terrible. Like one time, I don't remember what they said. It's like. They said something. It was like, this guy has gumption. I don't know what that means, Chris, but I like this kid's attitude. I'm like, fucking kill me. It's so cringy. It's, I can be a better announcer. Holy shit. You know, and I, hey, I don't mean to, like, you know, call anybody out or nothing, but, like, there were misloads and all that kind of shit. This is the world championships of this sport. Yeah. And you guys can't even get weights right? Like, the biggest one for me was the stone. I had a buddy of mine. He was the, I didn't go to the fucking stone over bar event because it's a stupid event. They should get rid of it. 100%. Screwed Novikov. Well, so screwed, bad. Screwed. What's his name, too? Uh, uh, Rob. Yeah, screwed Kearney, too. Kearney. Like, Kearney. I, look, Kearney wasn't even on my radar this year. I'll be brutally honest. And then when I was standing there and he was the, the first guy to finish that, that medley with the yokes. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Kearney came to play. You know what I mean? Like, you're on my radar now, bro. You know what I mean? And 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 for him to not get into finals when he totally should have at a stupid event. But the interesting thing about that event is, what did they keep saying the stone weighed? 
Mm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. When we were at the comp, they said the stone weighed four hundred twenty pounds. Yeah. On TV and on their website or wherever else they announced it, they said it weighed four hundred pounds. I didn't were, realize that. If you were actually there at the event, you could see in the stone chiseled three eighty five. Oh. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yes. Buddy uh, Joe took a uh, not Joe. Who did it? It wasn't Joe. It was one of my other friends. He actually took a picture of the stone because he's like, nobody's going to believe me. Took a picture of it. So 385 chills on the side. And I said, well, it's probably not kilos. So, you know. Oof. Well, I mean, so, there were times. Remember, we were at the at the uh, Atlas Stones on the final. Remember, they didn't put the starting tape down for like one of the sides. That killed me. We they was like, wait, 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 wait. And it was like no tape there, so uh, you know it's 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 a big mess. That's for another podcast. Yeah, We've been going for what an hour forty five ish. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> we've been going for a good while. Yeah, I gotta go get my Sunday biddles, buy my buy my food for the week, and all that good stuff. My girl's yeah. walking around. She looks like she's ready. Right. That, well, yeah, we got to cut this short, but if you want to come back, just let me know. Oh, 100%. I got to get yeah. some footage for my channel, too, you know? <laughs> exactly. And if you want to promote that, you can go uh, tell us right now what your YouTube channel is and your Instagram. Sure. My uh, YouTube channel link should be Will well, Development Official. Wherever it'll be. Where it'll be on the on the banner somewhere. Yeah, I actually I, I snagged that URL, Will Development Official, before I'm anybody, so, you know nobody can take it now and then my instagram is just at will development i post four or five times a week you know usually just my training but uh, you know if i have a stone delivery i'll post on that too and then weekly updates every week i do a friday friday night i do an update on how the week went with training and all that other stuff i've only missed i've never missed a week but i've been late twice in four years i think so I'm always doing that. And then I post training footage on the channel too. And then like I discussed, probably around Christmas time when it's finally not raining every day here, I'll actually shoot those stone videos. So I got a lot of footage on a lot of things, but check out my channel if you're so inclined. Yes. Links will be on the banner, whatever side that is, I'm not sure. And links will be in the description below. And once again, thank you, Will, for being a guest on my podcast. And I hope to have you back soon. Yes, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Yes, talked about a lot of stuff. So I'm going to sign off now. And you guys can follow me here on the channel at Nerd of Strength. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at EastWolfStyle for not just Strongman stuff, but my awesome collection of toys, if that's your thing. So thank you guys for watching, and have a great day.